Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Interpretation Talk podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Neris, coming to you from the beautiful city of Taipei in Taiwan. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects in the interpretation field, and that's LKE, Language and Knowledge Enhancement. And I think this is a very important subject for both professional interpreters and language learners, as well as people who are considering whether or not they want to become professional interpreters. And the reason for this is because I've noticed that there are many misconceptions as to how we maintain our language level and our language skills at a professional level high enough to continue working as interpreters. I think that for some reason, many people think that interpreters are like super superheroes. And in a way we are like superheroes because in every superhero story, every superhero has his or her weakness or weaknesses. So it's important to remember as an interpreter that every interpreter has his or her kryptonite. I'm going to say it again. Every interpreter has his or her kryptonite. So it's always good to not be overconfident about your interpretation skills, and it's always good to keep practicing and assessing your basic language ability in your working languages. And I'm going to be sharing some of the things that I do as a double A, as someone who speaks English and Chinese as his native languages. So the first thing that I do is that, firstly, I like to assess my language ability in my working languages every once in a while. And you can do that, and I do that by doing mock tests uh, from the official language proficiency tests in my working languages. Like if for English, I like to take mock tests for IELTS every once in a while on the internet. And for Mandarin, what I do is that I take mock tests for from HSK 6, which is the highest level of the, of the official Chinese proficiency test from mainland China. If you're located in Taiwan, then I would, you would probably have to do the TOCFL. So yeah, so that's what I like to do. I like to do mock tests for, uh, from, I like to do mock tests from the official language proficiency tests in my working languages. And then the next step would be to sort of dissect and analyze each one of the sections in the mock test. Usually a language proficiency test is divided into uh, the listening section, the speaking section, the writing section, and the reading section. HSK only has uh, listening, writing, and reading, but I still do some activities uh, to cover the, the speaking part. So for the, secondly, for the listening part, so, so in order to continue working on my listening skills as an interpreter, uh, something that I like to do is listen to uh, news broadcasts and podcasts in my working languages. So if you're, if you're a Chinese A and you're looking, to, looking into improving your language ability in English, then you should probably listen to uh, the, C the CNN, NBC News, um, probably watch TV shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Netflix, um, watch TED Talks, and so forth. Um, I think it's a little bit more challenging for, for Chinese A's, uh, for English A's though, I'm sorry, for English A's who are trying to improve their Mandarin. Um, since I feel that a lot of English A's don't have a lot of access to uh, multimedia 
in Mandarin. So something that you could do is just go get on Spotify and just type in any kind of subject that you'd like to improve in. Um, if you want to work on your finance vocabulary in Mandarin, then you can just type in finance in, in, in Chinese on Spotify and put uh, like finance news, like Caijing Xinwen. Um, two podcasts that I usually like to listen to are Kush um, FM and UDN Xinwen. These are two really good podcasts that in which you can listen to Taiwanese Mandarin and mainland Mandarin, and you can hear native speakers speaking in a very articulate and eloquent way, which you can imitate for, for your interpretation assignments. Now, as for your speaking skills, uh, something that I like to do is that I like to make a speech about different topics that I might not be interested in. Like I used to not be very interested in economics and I didn't like finance that much before. So what I did was that I started listening to lectures in both English and Mandarin about economics and, and finance and the stock market. And I created an outline in English and Mandarin for those speeches. And I would just record myself and then send out those recordings to people who speak either English or Chinese and ask them to give me feedback about the speech and ask them if they thought it was clear enough, if it was precise enough, if I, uh, if I transmitted or relayed the message clearly enough for my audience to understand. Uh, something that you can also do, you don't have to always make a speech, uh, but something that you can also do is um, participate in public events in, near you and your neighborhood if you're, uh, so that you can uh, improve your language skills. If you if you're living in the United States or in Canada or the UK and you're a you're a Chinese A and you want to improve your your English, then you can probably uh, sign up for stand up comedy or you can uh, sign up for a yoga class in English. Um, and if you're an English A, I guess a suggestion that I would give is that um, try to tell people around you that you you're working on your Mandarin, even though it's already really good, but you want to speak as much Mandarin as you can so that you can maintain your language ability as an interpreter. And I'm sure that your friends and family, if they speak Mandarin, they'll be more than willing to help you and they'll be more than understanding. And if you sign up for a yoga class and your yoga teacher is a Mandarin speaking teacher, you can come up to your yoga teacher and tell them that you'd like to have a class in Mandarin. And I mean, you're paying for the class already, so I guess that the teacher can look for ways in which um, you can have the class in Mandarin and that way you can expose yourself to different kinds of vocabulary and the languages that you're learning. But I guess that one of the things that really helped me personally was stand-up comedy and improv here in Taipei. Even though I already speak English and Mandarin as my native languages, it did help um, participating in activities where I was able to actively use my working languages really helped me to build my confidence in, in those languages. I guess another thing that you could do um, and that I also do to maintain my language skills and my language level as an interpreter is writing. Writing is very important and sh you should never underestimate the power of writing. When you write, you're organizing, you're trying to organize your thoughts in a logical manner. 
And that's a skill that we need as interpreters and we need to be able to organize thoughts, our thoughts in a logical way spontaneously so that our, our clients can understand what the other person is saying in our target language. So something that can keep you motivated is trying to write a, a journal in English and Chinese, regardless, regardless of what your native language is. You, it's really important to write in both your native language and your B language, because that way you'll be able to work better at organizing your thoughts spontaneously, especially for Mandarin interpreters, since we have to work both ways, um, interpreting from English to Mandarin and from Mandarin to English, as opposed to your interpreters of European languages who sometimes only interpret from to one direction, like some interpreters in the European Union only interpret from English to French, but never interpret from French to English. But in the Mandarin interpretation field, we are expected to interpret um, from and to Mandarin and English. So it's really important for us to be able to organize our thoughts well in both languages. Something that can also keep you motivated um, with your writing in both English and Mandarin is participating in literature awards. I feel that a lot of people just don't know that they actually have the potential to win a literature award. So you can just do a Google search of the literature awards that you can participate in, uh, depending on your citizenship, your nationality, and your age, and your current location, you might be eligible for uh, certain literature awards that might keep you motivated to write uh, different kinds of pieces of writing in English and Chinese. And just a little side note though for English A's, if you're not a Taiwanese citizen or a Chinese citizen, it might be a little bit more difficult for you uh, to participate in Chinese literature awards. So something that you might want to do is ask your professor in your university, if you're still in university, um, if there are any opportunities for you to participate in a writing competition or um, you could also participate in the Hong Kong Youth Literary Award. And even though it says youth, it's actually um, anyone who is under the age of 40, I think, um, is eligible to participate in this award. So th these are things that you can consider. And you could also consider blogging in your, in your working languages to maintain your, your, your vocabulary and your elo eloquency in your languages. And lastly, one of the things that I could not emphasize even more is the importance of reading. It's really important for us to, as interpreters to continue reading um, in di about different topics. Like in my case, I like to, I'm usually, I'm us I usually focus on economics and finance and the stock market because that's mostly what we, what, what I would interpret as a Mandarin interpreter, and that's actually my specialty, economics, finance, and the stock market, and cryptocurrency now. So it, it's a good idea to read, it would be a good idea to read uh, articles where you would invite, where you, it would be a good idea to read articles where you might bump into words that, that have to do with the interpretation assignments that you would have. So I guess that's some of the, magazines and publications that you could read um, out there are The Economist, New York, New York Mag. The New York Times is a very good publication where you can find a, a large array of articles about different topics and you can read them out loud in English 
um, so that you can practice your English even as a native speaker or as a Chinese A. And for English A's, if you're looking for a publication that will help you to improve your your reading and your and grow your vocabulary, um, you could probably, if you're located in Taiwan, you can just go to 7-Eleven or Family Mart and just grab a, a Commonwealth magazine, a Tianxia Zhaqi, or or you could also read Shangye Zhoukan, which is a really good magazine as well, Business Weekly. Um, I don't know about newspapers, though. Newspapers are not a very good reference in Taiwan for spoken Mandarin. It's I think it's really important for us to read newspapers, but it, it it's also important to remember that Taiwanese Chinese um, is written in a in a way that is not necessarily does not necessarily reflect how people speak. I think magazines are usually closer to how people actually speak in everyday life, uh, like the like the Commonwealth magazine that I mentioned earlier. People who are located in mainland China or whose clients are mostly from mainland China, I think it would be a good idea to probably take a look at a couple of articles on WeChat and on public accounts on WeChat and just type in any kind of topic that you want to read about and just practice your reading and write down any words that you don't know. That's basically the first phase of language knowledge enhancement. There are different phases of LKE as you continue to receive training as an interpreter. But these are the basic tips that I would that I've put into practice in my daily routine uh, to continue growing professionally as an interpreter. If you have any other questions or comments or even additional suggestions as to how you maintain your languages as an interpreter or as a language learner, please feel free to leave any comments on my podcast. And that's everything for today. So see you next time on the next episode of the Interpretation Talk podcast.